generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Too many of us signed up to a KiwiSaver plan without much thought. And signing up is great, but if you've never got advice before, you could be missing out. Your KiwiSaver account could become one of your biggest assets over your lifetime. That's why getting expert advice early and ensuring you're in the right fund is so worthwhile. Generate have a team of KiwiSaver advisors available to help. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no obligation meeting. They can even come to you. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited, and of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome in. You are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail Lessons that come out every Friday, 9am. You are listening to the audio version, of course. And for those listening, I would like to share with you that this is the catch-up episode. I have finally caught up to the last and latest lesson that has been sent out. Now, I started writing these, obviously, last year and during lockdown. And we're obviously you know, well into, uh, what are we, about 14 months now of, of episodes and well into some good stuff. And I decided a couple of months ago, right, I need to start turning these into an audio version for those that don't just want to read or may want to come back to them and listen to the episodes and go a little bit deeper with a deep dive into it as well. And I got off the plane. That was, I often do a lot of thinking when I fly. And I got off the plane and thought, right, I'm going to do this. I had some time to myself for the weekend. I think I recorded 15 in the first weekend, and shit, it was grind. Uh, and I'd done 15, and I'm like, oh, I've still got about 35 to get to the 50. And in the meantime, I've pumped out another 11 or so. So now it gets a little bit easier. And just like some of these lessons, we talk about doing the, the hard work and breaking the back of some of these things to then make things compound and just be a little bit easier as we go. So I looked at it like that. I'm like, right, I've still got 55-odd episodes, and by the time I get to that, I'll probably have 60-odd that I need to record. But every now and then, if I can just break the back of it and just contribute a bit more. So I broke the back of it right at the start, did about 15, 20 episodes within the first week, and then just chipped away another four, another five, two at a time. Sometimes I just really wasn't feeling it. I couldn't, uh, couldn't do it. It was just hard. couldn't get my breathing right. And uh, you probably notice that when you're listening to some of them, they're not designed to be perfect. And other times I was feeling good. So when I was feeling good, I'm like, right, I need to record more of them. And now today we are back to the latest episode. And going forward, I'll just be able to record the latest episode one a week and put them out for you, good people who are listening and trying to understand financial literacy better. So I know you didn't come here to listen to my other shit life stories, but just for some context, sometimes you have to just put your head down and grind and get through the hardest bit and then just chip away, chip away, chip away. And now we get to compound and we've learned about compounding in earlier lessons. Week number 61 was not about compounding, however, it was about $186,000 profit 
from a house in just one year. Oh my God. We've probably heard this a number of times, stories like these at the moment. But a few weeks ago, we looked at the new top tax rate in New Zealand. The top tax rate in New Zealand is now 39% for income over $180,000. Remember, that's about 2% of Kiwis. I also reminded you to be wary of extra income sources, i.e., for those people buying and selling property on the side, for instance, you should be aware that the proceeds from these ventures and others, side hustles, buying and selling crypto to profit, these sources of income may be income and add to your total taxable income. Well, this week we had this exact scenario and I thought I would share it with you so that you could understand exactly how it works. Now, we had a client contact us with an offer on the table for their rental property. The sale of this property would give them an $186,000 profit. I know. This is an unreal gain in just over 12 months, especially when you think that this house earned more than 92% of our taxpayers do in a year. Now this client is in the new 39% tax bracket as they earn over $180,000 from their business income. Therefore, they will be taxed at 39% on the profit of the property sale should, of course, they decide to sell. The tax on the sale would be $72,500. I think $72,560 maybe, but you don't need to be exact, do you? This is because they have brought and sold the investment property It is not their own personal dwelling used for their own use. So this is a straight-out rental property that they brought as an investment to basically um, have some exposure to the property market, and now they've already been asked to sell it at $186,000 profit. But make no mistakes, under the Bright Line rules, which are rules about buying buying and selling property, that they they don't uh, live in, it's not their own dwelling, that they will need to be paying tax. And they're aware of that, so this wasn't a surprise for them, but they still had a decision to make. Now, of course, they need to decide whether they sell or not. Now, there's a high chance that they won't sell and that they will do something that won't trigger any tax. Of course, a lot of people say, well, you know, you're still going to walk away with over a 110k. Why would you not sell? But dig in here, because this is what some of the smart people with assets all around the world understand, and you should too. The client will most likely just hold the property. They'll rent it out and use the extra equity as collateral, i.e. they will borrow tax-free dollars to spend on what they like, subject to their ability to service the debt. So of course, they've still, if they're going to borrow money against this property to pay for something, they've still got to be able to repay that money back but because they have a good business that generates weekly profit and income that they could spend, they could use that money to pay down the debt. Now, we'll, we'll go to another example of this that will help you understand that in a second. But this has been going on for decades in New Zealand. Now, no doubt you've heard the saying, put it on the mortgage. That's how a lot of New Zealanders add extra tax-free income to their household. They borrow against the home for a vehicle, boat, pool, or a deck. Now surely, if you're listening to this, you've heard that before. Oh, how'd you get that new ute? Oh, put it on the mortgage. Uh, And you probably just never thought about that before. But technically, they are borrowing against their property. The bank are giving them more money. It's tax-free. Here you go. Here's the 50 grand. They go and buy the ute. Now they need to repay the 50 grand. They change the terms of their loan, their mortgage, the repayments change, and they start to repay it out of 
the income that they generate from their job. Now they receive the proceeds tax-free from the bank and spend them on their extension of choice. It might not be vehicle, boat, pool or deck, could be whatever it is that they're choosing to pay for. Now their loan repayments change and they carry on with life. Better still, they're usually repaying today's spending with future dollars. So what we mean there is that, say you pay for something now, borrow it against your property, and then you've got to repay that over time. In time, as your earning potential increases, often you're paying things off that have become cheaper or you're using uh, tomorrow's money, which is worth more, sometimes it's worth more to pay back yesterday's debt. But beware that this has worked well for people over the last 30 years with consistently lowering interest rates. But rates could of course go up and debt servicing can become a burden. Now recently, it didn't really hit our media, but I was tracking it over in the States. America has been looking at the amount of tax that their mega wealthy individuals pay and how they avoid large taxes by keeping their incomes low and instead borrowing money against their assets to spend. There was outrage across the country. Well, turns out, Homeowning Kiwis are good at it too. You know, that's we've spoken about that before. Be careful ripping on the rich and all that sort of stuff because often it's just a lack of education. Now, New Zealanders are horrendous at doing exactly this as well. Instead of going out, earning and receiving income, paying a tax on it and then using that income to go and buy things that we want or desire... Instead, we'll borrow against our assets, tax-free, from the bank, be given debt, go and buy them, and then repay that over time with money in the future that is worth more than what it was when we borrowed. So, you know, I don't think many New Zealanders are in a position to be able to point the finger at the wealthy and be like, oh, look at them, they don't pay their fair share of tax. Well, You're using the system pretty well to do exactly what they're doing. You're just doing it at a different scale and against a different asset, and that being your house. The people, the mega wealthy that were getting uh, carted in the media in America, often they had businesses. And I'm not saying that I completely disagree with some of the things that that were reported on, or don't think it's it's not you know great the way the system works. But it is what it is, and they've found ways to do it. And I see big similarities with how they've done it to what Kiwis do in New Zealand with their property, but they're basically borrowing money against their businesses. It's it's a completely different world in America with access to credit and the things that you can borrow and what you can borrow against. And they were keeping their incomes from their businesses low, paying tax on those incomes, but then borrowing income and are borrowing more money against those assets that they have and then spending that on the things that they wanted to spend on and effectively keeping or minimising their tax. But, you know, it's uh, it's definitely frowned upon as such by the people that can't do the same thing. I just like to make the point that as Kiwis who have done this for decades with housing, we have to be a little bit careful about how and when we point the finger when we've been pretty bloody good at it too. This week, We've gone past 4,000 readers. Good timing with uh, this latest lesson. Now, thank you for all of you who have helped keep the change grow past this milestone. There are thousands of podcast downloads now also. Enjoy the weekend, Luke. P.S. You're one of 4,067 recipients. Did you know 
In January to March, the proportion of profit-making resales of houses was 98.9%. This is the highest reading in the 25 years the data has been collected. What the hell does that mean, Luke? Read that to me again. In January to March, that's the period that they were measuring, the proportion of profit-making resales of houses was 98.9%. So 98.9% of houses that were resold were making a profit in that January nine, uh, January to March period. The highest reading in the 25 years of data has been collected. Basically just means that it's pretty hard to sell a house and not make a profit. There you go, I've summed it up for you. Well, what are we learning there? Some good stuff. Uh, crazy to see what people are making out of property. I guess the conundrum and the question we have to ask ourselves is, is it right that one property, just one, can make more than 98% of our income earning population in a, in a year? If it's $180,000 income in New Zealand from a job or from employment, from business, those types of things, there's a 2% likelihood, but a property can make that. Like, is that right? And I don't know the yes or the no, but here's how I'd look at it. Those who own a home would probably say, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Suck it up if you don't own a home. Those that don't own a home probably go, that is bullshit. That is so shit that a house can make more than 98 out of 100 people in New Zealand can make. That just shouldn't be right. And I kind of lean to the right of that, of that doesn't seem right, because... I know how hard our business owner clients and the people that work to make over 180 grand in New Zealand, how hard they have to work to make that. And then when I see a house potentially make 180K in a year, I'm like, shit, that's interesting. (laughs) That seems a bit broken would probably be my summary. But I'm not going to whinge about it. Who cares? I get on with it because I'm in control of my life. Now, for those that aren't in control of their life, Man, that would, that would really rile me up. And I think that is the point I'm making here. That type of example, that's got the ability to really divide a lot of people. The haves and the have-nots, if we want to use those terms. So when we start reading about those types of things, this is a good example of something that can really trigger people in both sides of the game. But of course, most of our things uh, that we think about are based out of self-interest. So if you owned a home, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, well, I didn't know it was going to go up 180K. What's wrong with that? It's not my fault people don't make 180K in their job. They should have brought a house too. And those that don't have a house are just going, this is bullshit. This is getting ridiculous. Why am I working so hard, not being able to buy a house? And these people that have got one or got a spare one, got a rental, are making more than 98 out of 100 people. This is just, this is wrong. So in the economic times we were in and there's so much money in supply and all these things and so much demand for housing I guess the best way to look at it is that it just feels a bit broken and I can resonate with people on both sides of uh, the game as such and we've got clients who are on both sides and I love to sort of just sit and take an objective view and go wow yeah what's going on here you know what's what's all this about Um, and so that allows me to not take a massive side and get so shitty about it all and get all worked up because that's not going to help me anyway and that's not going to help me find solutions for my clients and to learn about what could be next for them 
and different things that different people are doing and and you know does it even matter if someone's just going to be given $110,000 what do they then do with it you know should they sell should they not it's there's always more to the puzzle than the one piece that someone brings to you so you know this is a, a great example to see what's really happening out there and how potentially we've got one of the highest capital gains taxes in New Zealand when these bright line rules work in terms of paying tax on your your property investment. Um, but it also a great example of how you can find people very, very divided. And then another great lesson about how people can dodge tax by using the system that allows for it by borrowing against it and continuing to pay down that debt and as interest rates have decreased over time it's become easier and easier for people to do it let me just give you another example we talked in there about borrowing against your property to buy a car boat house pool whatever well think about this think you know 10 years ago let's just go five years ago or even two years ago we we borrow against the house because we're allowed to, we've got enough equity in our home because our house has continued to go up in value and we go to the bank and we say, hey, we want 50 grand because we want to put a bloody pool in for the kids and they go, no problem. We can put that 50 grand on your mortgage and we can do that for you. Now, if someone that doesn't have a house, for instance, they want to put a pool into a property, well, then they're probably not going to put one into their rental, but if they want to, they'd need 50 grand saved to be able to do that. Or they'd have to borrow and and pay that back um, out of their income that they're earning as well. But back to the person with the house, they go to the bank, they say, can I have the 50 grand? And the bank say, yep, no worries. They put it on their mortgage. Now, fast forward a couple of years, interest rates drop dramatically. Oh, shit. Money just got cheaper. My pool just got effectively cheaper. Because now I can go back to the bank and say, hey, can we can we look at that term of that loan again? Um, you know, we're we're up to renew our loan and fix our interest rates and things like that. Now interest rates are a lot less, so this debt's gonna cost us less. This pool is effectively gonna cost us less. Can we please continue to pay down our our debt with the same amount of money, but now more is going to go off the principal because our interest rates are now lower and all of a sudden um, we are starting to really chunk into that mortgage. Or of course we might just say, hey, we want to keep our payments the same in terms of the amount that we pay to you, the bank, but you now have a lower interest cost so you don't actually have to give us as much. So you say, okay, well, great, we'll pay you less, but the same amount is going to be going off our uh, debt as was prior to the interest rates going down, we're just paying now less for interest because interest rates are lower. So often, as interest rates have decreased, it's allowed people to pay off things faster and it's allowed this environment to let these things happen. But the beware in there is that if we go into a situation where we continue to borrow against our property, but then interest rates keep going up, some of these things can become more expensive so as we look back through the last 30 years, you can see that it's, as interest rates have fallen consistently over that time, it's become very, very easy to do these things. Put it on the mortgage, put it on the mortgage, put it on the mortgage. People's favorite saying, you probably heard that when you were growing up, depending on how old you are when you're listening to this. But this is where 
these cracks start to come in society when people go, shit, if we start going into a situation where interest rates are going to increase, well, I didn't get the beauty of that happening. And we all have to deal with the economic times that we are living in and then build a life of uh, security based on what we're in because, unfortunately, they change and they're constantly changing. And that's why educating yourself and continuing to educate yourself is so important in this space. Right, I don't want to keep you forever. I feel like I could continue on and on in this path, uh, but we're about to crack 20 minutes there. Thank you for tuning in. We are caught up to the latest episode, 61. We will see you in a week's time, probably in week number 62. In the meantime, if you'd like to help this grow, please put something on your socials. Even join the Keep the Change community that is at the bottom of the email. There's extra lessons in there. And there's a community of other people that are learning about money on Facebook too. $87 for that. You can work through night school. $197. Get yourself financially savvy. Work through it in your evenings outside of work or business or whatever you want to do. They've both got money back guarantees. They're not there to um, generate a shitload of money for me and turn it into some sort of business that I can live off that alone. I'm still doing my accounting stuff. It's just a good way to put some skin in the game and I use that money to then invest into Facebook ads to get more people learning this stuff and get it in front of them and have more people reading every Friday. So I'd love to see you in there. If not, no worries. Be good. We'll see you on week number 62. Thank you for tuning in. Go well on your journey to improve your financial literacy.